Welcome, everybody, to Talk More Talk, the virtual edition. We're thrilled to be here with you tonight. Uh, and uh, we've already got a growing crowd, a, a throng ready to talk about this special Beatles night for our special virtual edition uh, here at our podcast uh, video cast tonight. I'm Ken Womack, and I'm joined by uh, regular hosts, uh, Kit O'Toole, the queen of all Beatles media, uh, me, Mr. Mayo. Tom Hamyadi, Ken Michaels, and I think that's actually everybody, and a cast of thousands who are behind us. And tonight we're going to be picking our favorite solo Beatles work uh, and uh, sharing those with you. Uh, and be sure to pick apart Ken Michaels as he shares his various <laughs> ideas. Really, it doesn't have to be limited to just the songs. It could be anything. You know, it could be the decor in his office that you see there. Um, so he, he welcomes all questions, concerns, and criticisms. Uh, and we're going to start. As long um, as they're constructive. Yeah, the, I, they don't have to be. Come on. <laughs> uh, you know, most importantly tonight, I know I speak for, for my colleagues uh, wishing you uh, and your families great safety uh, during this unprecedented time. Um, and uh, hopefully you're getting lots of time to spend uh, meaningful moments with your Beatles and uh, engaging uh, with the most important texts of all time. So thanks for being here. And uh, I believe up first is Mr. Mayo. Oh, thank you very much, Ken. Let me say first, it's a pleasure to be able to be on with you for the first time. And glad to have you here. Uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, George Harrison, specifically uh, my top three George Harrison songs. Not an easy task for any of the solo Beatles. I had to narrow it down. These may not be my very favorites, but they're the three of the, of the biggies. Uh, to start with, I went with uh, Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth, a uh, popular single by George, one of his biggest tracks. I find it very spiritual, a lot of hope, especially these times. Uh, I think it helps, uh, depending on how you feel, about if you're a believer or not. I, I happen to be, not everybody is, though I think the song still works for those. It's an uplifting song no matter what. And I love the guitar and it's great guitar work in it. And it always makes me feel good when I happen to catch it on the radio. And it's a track that, thankfully, is played quite frequently on the radio. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's my first pick of the three. Um, secondly, I picked Cheer Down which is a little more of an obscure track, I would say, uh, co-written with Tom Petty. Love the slide guitar. Uh, lyrics are kind of humorous. Got George saying some funny stuff like, uh, if your dog should be dead, 
going to love you instead. <laughs> and <laughs> when your teeth drop out, you'll get by even without taking a bite. Uh, things like that. So I get a kick out of it. It's a kind of tongue-in-cheek song, but I really love the way the, the slide guitar goes uh, throughout, and uh, it's a favorite track of mine. And um, i say, very difficult, but uh, for the top three, I went with All Things Must Pass. I mean, I couldn't pick the whole album, right? I mean, there's, uh, the three could have been from there, right? I'm trying to break it up a little. Um, you know, it, 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 these days, especially with the coronavirus and everything, we like to think that uh, there'll be better days ahead. I think it really hit me as I was thinking of my titles here. And um, it's a basic philosophy, obviously, you know, sunrise doesn't last, you know, sunset and back and forth. But uh, I just like the, the whole vibe of the song, the feel of the song, knowing that it, it had its roots as a Beatles track that they worked on, tried to work on and stuff. It just really uh, is up there. It, it, it's near the top. Very hard to pick three songs, but uh, I racked my brain and came up with it. <laughs> Those are my three, and I have a couple more if time permits. Uh, well played with the uh, rack my brain line there, Joe. That was <laughs> oh, you <laughs> noticed that? <laughs> I did, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> very well yeah. done. Yeah, Cheer Down is one of those songs that I think has has just gotten better with age, you know, and it, it's a it's one of those that I, I think, you know, even should have been a bigger hit. Um, and I I've went to a like last year, I guess it was, I went to a, a George Harrison tribute concert and uh, a, a local a local show and a, a local band played that song. And I just, it was one of those things where I just forgot, you know, that was a really great and song. And I just remembered as we're sitting mm -hmm. here now that it's also a soundtrack song. From That's Lethal right. Weapon 2, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep, you're yeah. right. And I just thought, yeah, should have been bigger credits. than it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good track. Not only yeah. that, but that particular song probably has more slide guitar work from George than any other song. Yeah, it song goes <laughs> on for about two minutes towards the end. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And um, the line about if your dog should be dead, that's actually a Tom Petty line. Because I know oh, it George, is. George oh. said George's Tom humor. Should, yeah, <laughs> definitely there. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, and I think uh, All Things Must Pass could probably be on every every George Harrison's fan top five list. It's just a beautiful yeah. song. Yeah. For sure. Hmm. Very good. Powerful. Yeah. It's transitory. Um, it obviously had its roots in a, in a key moment in Beatles history, right? Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, up next we have, I've already forgotten the order. Can you believe that? Uh, Tom Hunyadi. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I, want, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Kit's dad who uh, picked all of the, helped pick all the, uh, solo Beatles for us and uh thank you for picking john because john was the first be solo Beatle that i gravitated towards uh during my early Beatle loving career so i'm very happy to be able to speak about these uh, three songs um these are my personal favorites um i know there's probably better ones out there uh, but these are my opinions and uh, i love these three songs and i can listen to them all day um the number three uh is uh, number nine dream um, you know, it's the, that, that number nine is just, has, has been around John just, you know, for a long time. I love that. Um, I love the, 
the the dreamlike atmosphere in the song um what and this great lineup of, of star of musicians you got lennon jesse ed davies mickey hopkins jim keltner klaus Vorman. the orchestration is beautiful on the song um i definitely recommend you know listen if you're if you're new to this song listen to it with headphones on it you really take everything in you really get that dreamlike atmosphere the, the vocals from john are amazing and um it's just uh, it's a beautiful song um, number four is, is the song that I think is, is John's most beautiful song in his solo catalog. Uh, another all-star lineup with Lennon, Harrison, Mickey Hopkins, Klaus Vorman, and Alan, Alan White, and that is Oh My Love, um, mm. is just an amazingly beautiful song, like I said. Um, everything about this song is perfect. All the instrumentation, everybody that played on this song is just, just deserves an, uh, you know, an astounding A+. Um, great vocals from John. And um, just, wow, I get emotional every time I think about it and, and, and I listen to it. And it's just uh, just a beautiful song. And, you know, just the way George starts it off is just amazing. Um, number three is a song that I've always been fascinated about. Um, it's one of the very first songs that I gravitated towards when I uh, started listening to John Lennon's solo career. And that's the song, God. Um, another all-star lineup of Lennon, Preston, Star, Vorman. Um, the, 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 the beginning piano part is just absolutely amazing. You know, the whole idea of the dream is over is just such a, uh, you know, a, a kick to the stomach or a kick to the groin. It's just like, you know, it puts the, really puts the explanation points on, you know, the Beatles. I mean, it, you know, on the Beatles right there. Um, I know it's, a, I, to me, it's a great portrait of, of what Lennon was feeling at that time, you know, closing a chapter of his life. Um, the vocals are amazing. And just the way it's centered, you know, all of them had, or John and Paul had this great knack for putting, you know, unfinished songs together. And this was another one that just, um, you know, putting these uh, fragments of songs together and um, just an amazing, amazing song. Like I said, the vocals are great. The lyrics are, are wonderful. And, um, you know, those are my top three and I listen to them a lot and, um, you know, I'm glad to talk about them. <laughs> mm. Um, you know, Tom, you mentioned Number Nine Dream. Have you had occasion to listen to the uh, demo of that song? No, 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 I have not. I, uh, yeah, I'll send it to you. It's really quite lovely. It's an amazing, uh, you know, you mentioned the dreamlike quality uh, mm -hmm. on the headphones, which I couldn't agree more about. It's beautiful. Uh, right. In fact, it has a unique texture uh, right. from all of his music. Um, certainly better, I'm sure Ken would agree, than the Mind Games period. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a beautiful yeah. dreamlike song, and uh, but but even though the uh, the demo is just the acoustic guitar, it too uh, still retains that quality, but in a different kind of way. So I urge okay. the uh, talk more talk listeners to check that out. Yeah, cool. I'll definitely have to check that out, and I like how it the song went to number nine on the charts as well. That's pretty <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah, right. Those are all great choices. Um, I mean, Number Nine Dream, I love a lot, not just because of the song itself, but it was produced so amazingly well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Almost like a, a Phil Spector wall of right. sound to it, really. Mm -hmm. And even the lead guitar solo was very George Harrison-esque. Right. Just like um, in Stand By Me, it was very much like a George Harrison solo. Mm -hmm. And uh, God is an amazing song. And I have to wonder... You know, what was it like for Ringo to drum on a song like that? Yeah, you know, and that's another thing too, especially the, you know, in his performance on that song too. I mean, those fills, 
you know, during the, you know, I don't believe in this and that, I mm. mean, are just, just some of the best and, and none of them repeat themselves. They're all different. And uh, just an amazing job by every, everyone that performs, performed on that song. And it if really I may say, with, with, with uh, All My Love, by the way, I was thinking, did Yoko uh, yeah. co-write it? Do with, the, with the music? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. She co-wrote it with John. Yeah. Wrote it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, to this to this day, I, I mean, listening to, to God, which I also think that that's one of his finest songs. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just a, a punch in the gut. You know, yeah. I mean, it really is when you when you hear those words. I, I remember the first time, you know, I listened to that album and, and when I, that track came on. I mean, it's just it's it's shocking. You know, right. I mean, it's just an emotional uh, punch the gut it's it's him you know that's that's his manifesto you know that was his declaration that was his statement of i'm i'm moving on to the next chapter of my life right um and it's and it's just blunt um but that you know and that was john that's john you know and that was the next phase of his career that was the path he took he was going to be honest um you know on um recent show we did um we talked about cold turkey you know Mm -hmm. as another indication Mm -hmm. early indication of where his uh solo um you know career would go and boy this is you know this is the other ultimate statement of it of of just just you know the blunt truth um really uh you know just just pared down production Right. his voice in front and so absolutely and and i just even today when mm-hmm. he gets to that part where the music cuts out right say i don't believe in beatles i mean even now you listen to it and you know it's coming yeah right but even now you're just like oh you know i, I mean loved, <laughs> I, yeah i would have loved to have been you know around you know be a beatle fan in the 60s and then you know you get this album not knowing what you're going to hear and that, then, happened, I mean, to, that happened to me, if I may you know, interrupt. I, I listened to it when I was 15. I was in the 70s, though, and I didn't know what to expect. Dark at night, in dark room, in the headphones. Right. And every, I, 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 the whole thing, the whole album, like, blew me away. It's my, big, my most, I don't know, powerful experience ever hearing an album. And right. when, like you say, when I got to that end, a dead silent moment, wow. I'll never yeah. forget it. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. You got to well, admire probably, John, yeah, yeah, for having the guts to say what he did in that song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could probably write a book with every Beatle nut that experienced that line <laughs> and just, you know, talk, you know, write down what their feelings were at that time. You know, I, you know, that would be pretty uh, fascinating, I think. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, why don't he's his face is on the screen? Why don't we turn to uh, Ken Michaels uh, okay. to talk about his picks? Well, I have Paul McCartney's solo career, and I should point out that since there are four Beatles and five of us, and we concentrate on the post-Beatles careers here, we decided that um, one of us should tackle just Paul's wings period. So we're keeping that separate from Paul's solo. So in case you're wondering why I'm not putting any wing songs in there, Ken Womack will have the honor of uh, tackling the wings material. So... uh, (laughs) I'm telling you, this was the toughest job because Paul has the most music and there's so many songs that I love. You know, for a long time, my number one song has been the same, but what ranks right below that can change all the time. So I'm just going to say this is how it is for today, (laughs) just for today. 
Um, and it might change, uh, you know, tomorrow. But um, I wrote down all my favorite songs and I had to narrow it down. And so these are the three that I came up with at number three, Jenny Wren. Mm. Jenny Wren is a beautiful song and uh, Paul called it the daughter of Blackbird. I love the sound of just Paul and an acoustic guitar. It's such a, it has such a special quality to it. And there's also a woodwind instrument called a duduke that's mm -hmm. used in it. It's Armenian and it gives the song a very haunting quality. I was very proud of the fact that Paul actually did the song live um, on tour right after the album came out. Mm. So, and that's not an easy song to sing because there's some very high notes in there, but it's such a gorgeous melody. And um, it's one that I keep going back to. You know, these songs are all songs that I cherry pick all the time mm -hmm. and go back and listen to whether I pull the CD out or whether I go to YouTube. These are the ones that I tend to listen to the most. And Jenny Wren is just simply gorgeous. It's stunning. It really is. Uh, I consider that a brilliant song, a masterpiece. Well, these all are. Um, <laughs> My number two song is Barroom Dancing. Barroom Dancing is the greatest single that never was in Paul McCartney's solo career, I think. I always wish that it had been the second or third single from Tug of War. Um, George Martin impeccably produced that album, as he did all three of those albums in a row from Paul. And I just love the whole arrangement of Barroom Dancing. Paul's voice couldn't be stronger, especially the screaming part in the chorus. I love all the brass that's in there, the whole arrangement behind it. You know, there are times, I love all the different producers that Paul's worked with, but sometimes who works better with Paul McCartney than George Martin? And he knows what Paul needs in certain songs and it works so well on uh, Borum Dancing. I just never understood why that song wasn't chosen as a single. Um, I love Take It Away as a single. I'm glad it was a second single. Could have been the third single behind Ballroom Dancing. Or Ballroom <laughs> Dancing could have been the third single. Oh, uh, Tug of War, as much as I love it, should never have been a single. I couldn't have seen that uh, go anywhere as a single. Great song. The whole album's great. But I love Ballroom Dancing. And, um, and I love the version in Broad Street, too. But I like the one from Tug of War the best. And my number one song would have to be a song that we discussed in our last show. I and that's my, my favorite Paul McCartney love song in his solo career. And that's Only Love Remains. Um, as I said in our last show, I love the whole Press to Play album. It's my second favorite McCartney album. Um, and I just think it's an absolutely perfect ballad. The melody is wonderful. The lyrics are wonderful. His voice is great how his voice gets very high in the, in the song, especially in the bridge, um, the way that it ends with those, uh, I think they're classical guitar strings. The whole arrangement is just so wonderful. When you think of the word perfection, I think of Only Love Remains. And Paul is a master, as we all know, at love songs. And there's so many great love songs he's done between his solo and his wing stuff. I definitely would put, uh, you know, my love amongst them and, Maybe I'm amazed, although I think maybe I'm amazed. I, I tend to think of love songs as being more ballads and soft. And maybe I'm amazed is kind of too edgy to be a ballad in a way. So I almost kind of look at, at that song as being different as a love song, even though the subject is love. But Only Love Remains is as perfect as you can get. Through Our Love is another great love song from Paul's solo career, which I used as one of my wedding songs. But um, Only Love Remains is, is perfection at its best from Paul. Yeah. 
So those are my three top choices. Strictly solo, no wings there. So what did you well, guys well think? Played, uh, well played, Ken. You know, you brought up, I, I, I too love Jenny Rand. Uh, of course, it has a, what, a, a, a Charles Dickens reference. I think it's Our Mutual Friend or something like that. Um, it's, a, it's a sharp, smart song. Uh, and you mentioned uh, George Martin's production on ballroom dancing. You know, he, he loved when the chicken became the guitar on... Uh, on good morning, Sunday. good morning. Yeah, the accidental uh, uh, moment where uh, he had that happen. You know, not by design, but by design in ballroom dancing is that amazing moment where is it a is it a trumpet where it 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 whisks into another sound? He morphs. Oh yeah, one that's a trumpet there. I know what you're talking about. It's amazing. He morphs from one instrument to another. It's really quite remarkable. And I wonder how much of that was George's idea and how much came from Paul. Hmm. Uh, I think George took credit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Paul has a lot of ideas, a lot of definite ideas when he goes into songs. So, you know, it's it's very possible it was, you know, the two of them together. Who knows? Yeah. I, I, we'll I have think, to ask him. Yeah, we'll have to ask him. I think uh, Jenny Ren is a, is a great choice as well. A beautiful song, beautiful, you know, picking, you know, what what was that picking style of, of guitar mm -hmm. playing that he does, um, you know, a la, you know, Blackbird. Beautiful song. Um, I do think it's uh, you know a little loud when you play the CD. I think if it would the, the the sound of the song was just maybe a little softer, I think it would it would improve on that a little bit. But yeah, just beautiful song. And um, I wonder how many people don't know that the title is a bird. <laughs> I didn't for for a while. <laughs> I love the song, by the way. Great great mm. pick. Yeah. And ballroom <laughs> dancing definitely. Uh, you said yeah. the single that it should have been. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't understand how in the world that wasn't a single, but that happens. As soon as I heard that song, I said it's obviously going to be a single, yeah. right after Ebony and Ivory. It's going to be ballroom dancing, and I was wrong. Yeah, I agree. I I think uh, the and and I like uh, as you said the Broad Street version is great too. Mm. Um, I I like that almost as well as as the tug of war and uh and yeah I, i'm i'm sure you're not surprised in the least to say i agree with only love remains i've always <laughs> loved love that song and if uh you guys uh that are tuning in now if you want to check out the last episode we did on uh, press to play uh we yeah. talk quite a bit about that we take another listen to it the youtube sure version do. will be uh, up very soon and uh if we go in depth uh, in in that song into that song it's uh just beautiful and as we said his vocals on that were just flawless um yeah. you know just mm. just gorgeous voice on that and uh you know just beautiful beautiful lyrics uh you know really a mature look at love um right. uh, just a one of his best ballads no doubt it took me a, a while to appreciate only love remains from 1986 mm. to the present day now I really, really like it a lot as, as a great ballad. The rest of the album, yeah. not so much. Uh, <laughs> you, you made your point in the last show. You know. <laughs> yeah, check, check out our last episode. It's a little teaser. Yeah. Yeah. A couple, couple, couple people said Wonderlust, and believe me, if, oh. if it was me doing the Paul top three Paul songs, Wonderlust would have been in my top three. Amen. Hmm. And it's yeah. amazing. A couple song. people said it should have been a single, and I agree that um, I know some people like you know Ken who, who thinks that ballroom dancing should have been a single. I'm on the camp that thinks that Wanderlust should have been the next single. But um, okay, you know, 
I think it's a great song. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it would have went anywhere as a single. But I think possibly. the only way, uh, look, the only way we're going to solve this obvious Ken Michaels, Tom Hamyadi, you know, grudge is for you to, uh, <laughs> no, you need to write competitive essays of no no fewer than ten pages. Okay, um, make the point, and and Kit and I and Joe will judge them. So. Uh, <laughs> And uh, like yes, yeah, so, and be sure to use uh, MLA citation format. So, find <laughs> <laughs> the quote. There is, a, as you may know, there's some books about George Martin, and uh, there, he has a quote <laughs> about it. Um, really? About ballroom dancing. Um, he 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 said it's uh, he he scored an unusual soaring clarinet to trumpet figure, uh, and he said there's a clarinet kind of glissando, which is a bit like Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, and the clarinet swoops up from its bottom. I don't know what that word is. Shalomo register. It's much wider than the Gershwin one going through two octaves, and in fact, it's impossible to do. Uh, it must well, have been you, you knew that anyway, Ken. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, looking I'm, for, I'm looking forward to interviewing this George Martin uh, bio author here next month for, yeah, for my other I show, did. but uh, maybe we can get to, get to the bottom of a few things. Whoever that dude is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I, I note that Laura Frost has written a paper on George Harrison uh, during her freshman year in college Beatles course. Was that a good course, Laura? Hmm. It almost had to be, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> uh, continuing on, um, why don't we turn to the queen of all Beatles media, uh, Kid O'Toole. All right. Well, I, uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, a little applause there. So, uh, so I uh, was, uh, was tasked with uh, discussing, oh, uh, oh, what's his, what's his name? What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, everybody. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Ringo. I had to throw in that reference to his great album that, that came out last year. Terrific album, which we also talked about in a path. Thank you. Yes. Number so three of my favorites now already. Number three. Yep. Great album wow. that came out last year. Really, what terrific, terrific album. All right, so top uh, top three. This was uh, this was hard to narrow down too, but uh, I would say my my third uh, favorite was. Um, and, and by the way, all, what all these have in common, I think, is that they're kind of, I'd say, semi-autobiographical. Um, and I think those are some of his, you know, best, uh, best songs. So the third one is I'm the Greatest. Um, always love that one. Um, John just uh, wrote a perfect song for him. I mean, he basically just tells his story in, in the most humorous way. Ringo delivers the the lyrics in just this very droll way um you know just perfect when i was a little boy way back home in liverpool my mama told me i was great and with that great little you know the drum part in there that little drum riff and now i'm only 32 and all i want to do is boogaloo i mean it's it's ringo's story mm -hmm. I, I mean you know it kind of i mean of course a little bit of a fictionalized version but it's it's just a, a great thing plus of course closest you could get to a Beatles reunion at the time. You had 
of course, Ringo, you had John on piano and backing vocal, you had George uh, Harrison on uh, guitar, uh, Billy Preston on uh, piano and organ, and Klaus Foreman on bass. <clears throat> Excuse me, what a backing band. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't get much better than that. So uh, very enjoyable to listen to, fun lyrics. Um, you know, just a perfect Ringo song. Um, number two is uh, It Don't Come Easy. Again, I think Joy, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Joe. Um, I think George really knew how to write. And I'm not saying this in any kind of negative way. You know, Ringo did have, I mean, he didn't have a huge range in, in his voice, and George really knew how to write for him. I, I think. And, um, and Ringo, you know, help with the, you know, I think Ringo and George wrote this, um, you know, largely together and, and they, they really just captured his, his voice perfectly. Wonderful sing-along, um, obviously still performs it in concert today. Um, it's just catchy as hell. Um, that whole album, I mean, you know, that time period, the album, uh, the Ringo album itself, um, I, I could have picked anything from that from that album, mm. uh, quite frankly, uh, hard to choose. But um, but it don't come easy is is I think it just really hasn't aged at all. I mean, it's kind of a timeless, timeless song. Um, and number one, I've, I've, I think uh, Ken Michaels in particular uh, can guess is probably uh my favorite is Weight of the World. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's so nice to hear somebody give that a, a lot of yep. uh, attention. That, that single, is, let's talk about singles that should have been big hits. Right. Exactly. This should have been a much bigger hit. I, I will never in a million years understand why this wasn't a hit. Um, it, it was beautifully produced by Don Was. Always been a fan of his and, and was not was. So it was wonderfully, wonderfully produced. Um, it was, uh, you know, the lyrics were just perfect for him. It was at a time when, of course, he was making his comeback. And the lyrics are just, you know, even though, I mean, it's amazing Ringo didn't write this. Because mm -hmm. as you, you know, read the lyrics, I mean, it was about, you know, he was going through, ah, thank you. Yes, another, uh, somebody else is holding up the, the, the uh, Time Takes Time album. Yes, thank you. Hmm. Um, yeah, that whole album should have been bigger than it was. So, uh, so yes, thank you, Tom. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's about, you know, that you can't carry the weight of the world on your shoulders forever, you know, and, and he was moving on with his life at the time, you know, he was out of rehab, he was trying to rear, it was this, you know, kind of this single about trying to move on. And I loved it from the first time I heard it. And I'm stunned that it wasn't a bigger hit. Um, and I think it's absolutely one of his best. Still love it. Very Beatlesque. Not that it. Not yeah. that it has to be in order to be. Uh, right. It is. But, I even uh, think the Wilburys, traveling Wilburys, could have done this. For those uh, people yeah, out there that maybe haven't heard it, I, you know, when you're Beatles fans and you want a good Ringo album, other than the self-titled album, mm -hmm. I wholeheartedly recommend "Time Takes Time." Mm -hmm. yeah, not only is it yeah, it's not only Beatlesque. I think it's Wilbury-esque as well. Yes, I mean, like, like you said. I mean, it's it's it's. 
you know, good stuff from Ringo. Yeah, I mean, and it's unfortunately at that point in time in those musicians' careers of, of the same age, they just weren't, you know, as Ken has, has, has said many times on our show, it's just there was no really, you know, want for to hear those people on the radio for, I mean, probably with the musical director or the, or the station managers or directors, right, Ken, that they're yeah. probably choosing, you know, what, what we were listening to on the radio then. Well, radio was the primary vehicle for promoting anything in music. And as artists get older, it's not just Ringo or Paul. As these even iconic artists get older, then the airplay diminishes because they figure that their audience, their core audience, is an older demographic that they don't want to appeal to. So even though Way of the World actually got some, some airplay on uh, VH1 yeah, so I remember that, that time, but it didn't get airplay on the radio. He was also on a small label at the time, which may not have had that much yeah. money to spend in promotion. So, um, so many times there's a lot of great music from older artists that don't do well. And it's not a reflection of how good the music is. It's because of radio. And I mean, the album didn't even chart, right? Am I right? The album? I don't think it, um, I think it did. In the U.S. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, I have to double check on that. I can't remember. I can't believe that. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Good with the chart stats. He's the chart but, uh, king. Yeah. We uh, stumped him. We got him. <laughs> <laughs> king of all charts. And, yeah. But um, also, those are great choices. I'm the greatest. Yeah. Is one of the greatest, greatest uh, album <laughs> openers, I think. And it don't yeah, come easy. Was was primarily Ringo's song, but George did did help him quite a lot with it with the mm. production. And uh, the guitar part, especially, I think that introduction oh, yeah. came from George. His fingerprints were all over it. But in terms of the composition, Ringo said that he wrote most of it. And George mm -hmm. wrote a verse and a bridge. Mm. So, but, you know, it's primarily Ringo's composition. With you, uh, an amount of help heard, from George. Have hmm? you heard George Harrison's demo of it? Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah, a lot of that is, uh, you know, a run through of the song. Perhaps George did that because... The band wanted to play it, and Ringo wanted to concentrate on the drums. They didn't want to sing it. Mm -hmm. I like know? George's demo but, very much, you know, as, as a curio. But then I'm like, no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to get to hear that, and know that too much. I don't want it to be too familiar. I want it to be the Ringo version that I that I know so well. <laughs> I want to keep that in my head. But George didn't want the Hare Krishna chants to be in there, and Ringo didn't want it. Yes, right. so it was kind of buried right. in the final mix. You can hear it a little bit, but. Uh, Ed Shen, if you notice there in the comments, Ed Shen has uh, pointed out that Weight of the World got to number 43 in the U.S. So there's one of our answers. Thank you, Ed. Okay. I think we're asking about Time Takes Time. The album itself. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, but Ed was being helpful, Ken. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ed. All right. Thank uh, you, Ed. I appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> well, um, as we move to... Um, uh, complete wings you know one fun thing we might do in the second half in addition to taking any uh pointers from our our great audience here might be for folks to offer um maybe what they think was missing from some of the lists yeah um mm -hmm. that could be a, a little bit of fun anyway um what? oh wait oh tilly I oh oh i thought that was tilly <laughs> no it was not yeah. oh um, it was not okay <laughs> Uh, in any event, um, why don't we go ahead and turn to Wings, um, and my mind may seem a little off the beaten track. Uh, That's all right. That's cool. 
Um, as we all know, they're such wonderful. I like that list already. I'm seeing some great, some great choices. Um, uh, the ones I tend to go back to again and again aren't necessarily. And again? What's oh. that? <laughs> what did I do? You said again and again, and uh, then I added again. Oh, well played, Tom. Well played. <laughs> yeah, and that is not going to be one of them. Um, but oh, um, you know, but I do love that record and two songs. I'm going to steal an extra choice here um, that I do love from that record that I go back to again and again. Yeah, and again is uh, <laughs> um, our uh, baby's request, um, which I, I've adored from the second I heard it. Um, I, I remember hearing it for the first time. I stayed up late. It was released at midnight, and uh, the local rock station played it in full. And cool. uh, I remember loving it from, from the moment I heard it with uh, the incredible sort of classical guitar, flamenco-esque kind of thing at the beginning that I'm assuming yes. Lawrence Huber's playing. Um, that's just spectacular. Um, plus Paul's, you know, his penchant for throwback songs. But my other favorite, and here's how I'm stealing two for the price of one, and I think that's an ABBA song. Um, <laughs> is my, <laughs> Rest of my uh, fingers here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, is uh, Old Sam, sir. That's it! <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, fabulous song. It's uh, an incredible, it's, it's Paul doing his screaming voice, um, a great story, lots of drama, which he is as good as anybody uh, at creating uh, in songs like that we've talked about already, uh, Ballroom Dancing and The Pound is Sinking and all of those great songs. He's great at creating senses of drama uh, that exists inside his narratives. And Old Siamser has that amazing bridge that just mm. explodes into being. It's uh, just fabulous stuff. Um, so I'm stealing two for the price of one with those. My other two, uh, the first of which uh, is from Wings Over America. And I choose this one because um, that album and that tour are so important uh, in the story of Wings, right? The uh, mm -hmm. McCartney comes back. Uh, McCartney uh, and Wings conquering the world and um, really uh, exploding into our lives in the way they did. And the song I choose from that is uh, one of the concert sort of arena ready songs, Soily. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. Uh, nice. Absolutely love. Uh, you know, if for no other reason, uh, that incredible chromatic bass line that Paul, I believe, executes twice uh, in the song, just an amazing little piece of work. Not little at all. It's uh, staggeringly good. Um, it has, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a sensual song, a lot of drama, and of course, um, I love the fact that they chose that as their conclusory song when it wasn't necessarily a hit or even a song anybody would have known. It exactly. Featured, yes. brass, exactly. featured brass players really, really well. Um, just an amazing piece of work. And my my other one, and these are not really in any order. Um, uh, Wings had lots of great B-sides, uh, you know, many great B-sides at girls' school, uh, you know, just one after another uh, that were just a gold mine, a good place to go, Sea Moon. Uh, yeah. But the one I want to choose is I Lie Around. Mm. Um, okay. I love that song. You know, each of the Beatles in their own way has a song that memorializes their career. Uh, you mentioned God earlier. Uh, I'm the Greatest in a Way memorializes Ringo, early 1970, uh, which was what, the B-side for Back Off Boogaloo. Which, 
no, yeah, Duncan Easy. Story at the end of the Beatles, and Paul's is uh, is um, different, right? It's almost uh, it, first of all, it's a sly, wonderful song with beautiful rhythms and a nice horn part that kind of subtly pulls the chorus back mm. in. But what makes it great for me is is his sly reference to what he's been doing since the band broke up, and that is, I lie around all of <laughs> I'm everywhere. Uh, right. And John, of course, would echo that in his last year, and he'd say, you know, you just can't keep up with it. Um, <laughs> just out there so much and so yeah. often. Um, and I think in this case, he mostly meant that as a, as a compliment. Um, yeah. In any event, uh, those are the, the choices I would make. Uh, maybe they're deep cuts in a certain way, but a lot of great wing songs. I'm seeing several of them here uh, on the list now, the, the Sally G B side. Mm -hmm. Good yeah. point. That's a great song. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the, the stones it had to have taken to, to close out an American tour with a song that no one was going to know unless you saw him in Europe. Cause he did perform the song in Europe. Um, I, I just took it. I just think it took a lot of stones to, to do that song here in the States to close out a show um, when nobody knew it, uh, you know, I'm, I would imagine everybody was looking at each other like, what, what, the, what the hell is this song? <laughs> you know, it rocks, it's great, you know, but, you know, nobody would have known it. Like That's what I went through. Yeah, yeah. I, I was at uh, Wings Over America at Madison Square Garden, and um, I probably had a few bootlegs at that point, but I was not familiar with Soily at all. Mm. And um, when the show ended with that, and you saw all this smoke at the very end from the right. stage. <laughs> I was looking at people around me saying, what was that? <laughs> what song was that? <laughs> you know, right. I, I, I don't know many artists who would close a concert with a song that nobody knows, or right. at least at least do a cover version of the song that people know that maybe right. the artist is not really known for doing. That's okay. But a completely unfamiliar song like that took a lot of guts. He didn't do that at every concert, by the way. Because mm. some shows he closed with high, high, high. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, Soily is an amazing rocker. It and is. I love the screams yeah. at the very end of mm. that recording at Wings Over America. It's mm -hmm. just uh, one of the best of the rockers from, from Paul's well, entire post Beatles career, I think. I agree. Yeah, great choices there. Ken. Really? Yep. Yeah. An old Siam, sir. Oh my gosh. Well, and and in the future, um, our show we just may be doing something on Back to the Egg. Hint, uh, hint, okay. hint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be my favorite Wings album. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just may be doing that. Yeah. I mean, it looks like we have enough time to uh, say our other two picks if if we want to do that quickly. Yeah, we could say it quickly. Well, very quickly, because we I've okay. just got a private message. We have to end up by, by uh, 9.45. So. Uh, George Harrison, I'm going to say two, two quick ones for George Harrison. Devil's Radio, mm -hmm. Gossip, Gossip. I love it. Up-tempo, up um, a little more rocking for George. He doesn't usually do that. A lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff there, really good. And uh, I will also say this guitar can't keep from crying, which may mm. surprise a lot of people. I like the mood of that. I think it really uh, just... It, it just fits it. It sounds like a whiny, sad guitar, and uh, lyrics like uh, learn to get up when I fall. Mm. Even climb rolling stone walls. <laughs> sing a rolling stone for the critiques of it. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, this was my wife and I's first dance at our wedding, and that was Out of the Blue. Very beautiful, very beautiful song. Very beautifully sung by uh, 
by John. There's a real, if you listen with the headphones, you'll, you'll hear a great uh, uh, pedal steel guitar by Pete Clunil. Beautiful stuff. Uh, and, and the next one, you know, we just talked about it a couple shows ago, Insta Karma. We said a lot about it. There really isn't much to, that can be said about that song. Just, just a knockout song that should have been a number one. All right. For Paul, I picked Through Our Love. Uh, because it is a great love song and the message is so positive. There's nothing you can do when you're together. Um, and also this one, which mm. is another perfect pop song from Flowers in the Dirt. Everything about that song I love. Great melody, great middle eight. You know, Sometimes the middle eight ma matters a lot when it's done really well. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I picked those two. I was I'm really surprised you didn't do the end of the end. I know you like that song a lot. Love that song. I think it's a great song uh, in terms of quality of the song and from what he's saying in it, it, it is as powerful a song as Paul's ever done. Right. I do think it's one of the greatest. I'm just talking about songs that I play a lot. Okay. You know, th those are my favorites as opposed to best of. Okay. All right. All right. For uh, Ringo, no, no song. Mm. And uh, also, uh, also rack my brain. Cool. Great, great yeah. pop song. Mm. Okay. Well, my right. song's a great choice. Well, they both are. So. Yeah. Don't well, I me. notice it is 945. Yep. And uh, if we're going to stay on clock and, uh, and thank Tilly, who's been so great in setting things up for us today uh, to stay on our timetable, we're going to have to part. But please be sure to tune in. When, which is the next Monday night when the show will be on? The Kitten? six. The six. Ah, April yep. 6th. April uh, 6th. Tune in. And yep. uh, of course, uh, all of the folks here uh, are very grateful for the opportunity to be at the fest yet again. And uh, we'll have to get all five together at the uh, the next two events yes. and uh, have, have a good time in Chicago and Jersey City. Um, thanks to the Lapidoses and everybody out there. We sure appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, everybody. Thank Take you. Care. Stay Take safe, care. everyone. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Yep. Talk.